Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So I have a Kickstarter running right now, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is kind of different. This, is, uh, this isn't the first time uh, that I've done this, though, or that we've done this. So I guess to give background to anybody listening. Well, uh, who's we, first of all? Not uh, me, us and you. No, not all of us. It's me and Brad Dowdy at The Pen Addict. So um, last year was the first time that we did this. Me and Brad had never met in person. And we've been, we've been recording The Pen Addict for like three or four years or something like Wait that. Wait a minute. Wait, you have other podcasts? Uh, nope, nope. Oh, okay. don't worry about cool. that. <laughs> this <laughs> is a different thing completely. Oh. It's a it's a video of some kind. No, it is another podcast. I'm sorry to say, Tom. Uh, me and Brad had never met in person over the years that we'd uh, been recording the show, and he has his own company now uh, called Notco, and they make pen cases. And he had a very successful Kickstarter to to launch their company. They raised something like $70,000 or something like that. They had a really great uh, first start of it. And they got kind of got the company up and running, and they were going to be going to their first pen show. So he was going to be going to one in Atlanta, which is where Brad and is from and where Notco is based. So we decided it would be cool if I could go to the Atlanta pen show, me and Brad could meet in person, and we could record an episode of The Pen Addict in person. Um, and we were planning to do like a video and stuff like that and have our first ever video episode as well. So we knew it was going to be expensive. And at that time, I had only quite recently um, gone become self-employed. So I didn't want to lay out the money to do this. Um, and we figured that we would be able to ask our audience to help. And we offered them like a pen case. Uh, we had 300 pen cases that we were doing, and people could also choose to buy the video as well. So we did that, and it was a fantastic success. We made the goal in like a day or two, a couple of days. We actually um, – I'll put this in the show notes. We we met the goal for the Kickstarter during an episode of the show. And, or, and this is the original. This is the original. The original one, the first the, one. So, the like, last one. we met yeah. our funding goal whilst we were recording, and I think I started crying, if, <laughs> if memory serves. Like, oh. I was just so like overwhelmed by it. Um, it was really kind of an. It was an incredible thing. I'll never forget that. It was absolutely fantastic, and um, so we did that, and it was a great success. So when we we went and I we went to Atlanta, we recorded the show. It was brilliant, right? We had such a great time. So we decided that we were going to do it again um, because it seemed like everybody was really excited about it. People were asking us about it. You know, like, are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it again? Like, we weren't sure, but we decided that we were going to go for it. And we decided and we launched another Kickstarter campaign uh, a couple of weeks ago for this year's and we kind of given it a different branding it's like relay con it's a whole big thing that we're starting to do now um and we had a goal of eight thousand dollars which was the same pretty much as previous and we met our goal within like two or three days again and as we record right now uh we're up to twelve thousand six hundred and fifty six dollars with 10 days to go 
Yeah. Cool. So it's an, it's been another success. And I was a little bit nervous again this time. Yeah. Um, you were nervous last time we talked. Yeah, cuz the last time that that we spoke we hadn't uh, put the campaign up I don't think. And I was I was pretty nervous because we'd already done it before and you know over the year we've we've asked people to give us money in different ways with memberships and stuff like that and Brad has his own membership at the Pen Addict now so I was just a little concerned that you know maybe we'd ask people for too much money in too many different places but I mean we met our funding goal before we even recorded an episode. So me and Brad hmm. tweeted about it. Brad didn't even post it on the Pen Attic blog, and we'd when we met. Oh wow! Where do you think those people come from? Um, they were Twitter followers, and there's also a Slack community for the Pen Addict. So that was ah. it. They were the only two places that it went, and we were able to meet our goal, which was kind of amazing. Um, yeah, that must feel good. That must feel like. Uh... Yeah, that feels like the community can like just support that, and it's like what the community wants, like what your listeners want, what the community wants. So that's cool because yeah. this is like who it's for, like in yep. particular, right? It's not like some rando stranger person is interested at all in you coming to Atlanta and doing whatever, right? It's for people who are already fans. So it's cool that there's like a big enough audience just kind of there already uh, to support this level of thing. Yeah, cool. it is a community thing for sure, and it's it's always funny like when you look at Kickstarters, and you see like we've made we've made nearly thirteen thousand dollars, and it's three hundred and eighty people. Like you just mm-hmm. the, the money gets all weird. It's like that's actually not that many people, but that's a lot of money. Yeah. Do yeah, you guys yeah. feel that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes I. Uh, not necessarily on Kickstarter. It doesn't happen so often, but like. For just like day to day sales and stuff, I think about sometimes I think, oh, okay, you know, say when we make a new product, sometimes I think, oh, you know, just a couple thousand units or something is not very many really on the grand scale of like products and stuff. But that, you know, depending on the product can make a really big dent. So it is kind of uh, weird. The scale, it's really nice being really small. Uh, and not having a ton of overhead because small scale works, right? It can work perfectly well, right? So it's not like we have to sell 10,000 of something uh, to make anything make sense. So I kind of feel it in that way. Dan, do you, does it ever seem strange to you? Like the, the scale of things? Um, yeah, sometimes. Uh, I mean, I, I I echo more or less what you just said where yeah sometimes the numbers seem small in your way and then you're just like wait 2000 people that could like fill like a medium sized venue <laughs> for like yeah, a yeah. you know a concert or something um so yeah it's it's a it's a strange thing to be kind of divorced from i i think doing these remote stand things ourselves has been interesting as well because um we're like touching every single one. So huh. you, f- you, f- you feel the quantity much more, I guess. So even though yeah. that is even a lesser number than some of our other products, you kind of feel it more. And it's just like, I look at a stack of remote stands and be like, dang, these are like going, these represent like customers. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That is different. Like the actual physical doing the thing. And, and I guess that um, Brad and his business partner, Jeff feel that because they made mm-hmm. all the first cases uh, for the first Kickstarter, they made 
special cases. Yeah. And on this one, we're having notebooks made. So we're, we're, we're custom making some field notes size, uh, notebooks. Like with his company, Brad makes notebooks. So he has all the connections. Yeah. He has all the paper. And we're doing some, uh, I think they're embossed covers with the pen addict logo on them. Mm-hmm. And, and we're giving those away as a, as a pledge, like as a, as a reward, as well as yeah. the video that we do of the video version of the show. So uh, one question I had, and I guess this is a good time to bring it up. Um, you know, when we do a Kickstarter, there's a, you know, there becomes at some point a lot of pressure, right? Because, you know, once it's funded and these people are kind of waiting for a product, right? And it's a physical thing. And, you know, um, there's a big question, you know, about how it's going to go and all this stuff. How do you feel? Let's say the Kickstarter was over. Uh, how do you feel going forward? Is it, is it, do you feel really confident and it's just going to be fun? Or is there, do you feel kind of, not, not uh, guilty, but at least just like, like you really need to kind of make it up to the backers? Or does it feel just kind of like a normal, uh, you know, like a normal show kind of? Or how does that feel uh, being on the kind of side of things where you're doing something that you kind of do a lot anyways? And you, yeah, you're like traveling, but you know, like you know how to travel. So like you're gonna screw yeah. that up. <laughs> I'm just playing. I guys. don't know, man. Oh, I get lost. <laughs> uh, the the production of the the rewards, so the cases and the notebooks, we're not worried about because the cases and the notebooks are both just variations of stuff that Brad's business creates Mm -hmm. so they know how long it takes they know how much it costs they know that they can deliver it so like that's not an issue that part at all and that's by design i I don't think we're ever going to do one of these campaigns with something completely crazy we're always going to try and make sure that this doesn't become a burden on brad and jeff's business you know like it's something that we know we can manage um, and, you know, we make sure that built into there is is an amount of money that pays for their time as well as the production of the stuff as well, right? Because we have to think about that because we don't want to cost them money. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all that sort of stuff's thought about. Um, when we did the video the first time, uh, I was a little bit – I was confident that the video was going to go well because of who we had. So uh, Stephen, my co-founder, his – brother uh has a non-profit organization um and part of what they do is make documentary films so they came down and and shot the video that we needed so i was confident the production would be okay i was just like unsure of what it was that we should be doing to like go above and beyond right Mm -hmm. like to Mm -hmm. make it like something really really special so like we brought a drone and stuff right like (laughs) which and they just shot one one like like piece of footage of the hotel um so like we were just like oh what do we need to do (laughs) but now this time like i have a real good sense of what it takes to just do the episode and what i've realized is we just need to do the show as normal and everyone's happy because one thing that we really didn't want to do as well was to kind of make the actual podcast itself weird because we didn't want because it was also going to be released as the audio version for people that didn't back and we're going to do that the same this time but if you go get the video if you back the kickstarter you get a video and there's also some behind the scenes stuff that doesn't go into the audio podcast so we were just very Mm -hmm 
conscious to not ruin the audio version as well. So we were yeah. just like, let's just make a regular show that has video and then we can do some extras. And we played around a bit last year and there's some stuff that worked. There's some stuff that didn't work so well. So now this time I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what we need to do. Like I know exactly what people really enjoyed from the last video. So we're just going to do that again. Yeah, that was actually a question I have is, do you feel uh, any kind of pressure or anything to kind of step up your game this year and, and, you know, do something different with the video or do something better or, or anything like that? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's pressure, but we do want to do some stuff different. So this time we're going to have an audience, which we didn't have last time. We just did it mm. in a room on our own because we were worried about, like, will the microphones be okay? Like, will we pick up too much noise? Will the camera stuff be okay? And we're pretty confident in how all that stuff should work now. Um, and we've done a few, like, just we've used the equipment enough in other scenarios, like the audio equipment especially. So we're we're pretty confident that we can do it with an audience this time and it will be fine. Um, and there's a few things that I that we did last time that I want to improve on. Like last time we just did the video in front of a white wall and I would quite like us to have a banner or something that we can put up <laughs> instead, right? Mission accomplished. Exactly. So there's, you know, there's just some little bits and bobs. That it's like, I know we can make this this better. The, the great thing is I don't have to worry about the production quality of the video. That doesn't need to change at all because yeah. it was great. So that that's what, like what like the original plan was like maybe we just get a camera and we put it on a tripod but we made enough money that we could pay to bring a three-man crew from memphis to come and do yeah. it all for us with multiple cameras and lights and equipment and everything and so now we know what we need to do for future to make all of that work right and so that was not for the first Kickstarter that wasn't built into the budget of the the eight thousand dollars or whatever you're asking for. It was it was built in in a in an aspect. So like we believed we could do it for that, but if we didn't go much over the eight thousand, it was going to become difficult to do that, and mm -hmm. there might be like costs that we'd be out of pocket for. So it was always like if we just make this, then maybe we just bring one person and one camera. Yep. So wh why not then increase the funding goal for the second one? We didn't want to. And <laughs> part, I know this sounds strange, but we were really um, we were really kind of conscious. So okay, so it's probably best for me to preface this with like part of our thinking behind this. Me and Brad don't want to make money from this. Like we have no desire to take money and pocket it. And like to make a profit that because that's not what this is about for us at all so we didn't want to increase the funding goal much more we believed that we would either not make it or we would be a, a relatively similar level to last time plus uh -huh. the notebooks cost less to make than the cases mm. yeah, so we yeah, had a bit of leeway yeah. in there um and it was kind of like we we didn't need to do everything that we did like we could we could have we could probably work with two people and to set up the, like two cameras on tripods and it would look there or thereabouts the same like we had maybe a little bit more equipment than we needed um and you know we we could refine that process a bit if we wanted to and there was just stuff that we were building into it but there was just the feeling that we didn't want to put the the pledge level up because it probably would have been more than we needed 
Did you uh, did you tell people or make it known that you don't want to make money from this thing? Yeah, we've spoken about that on the show. We spoke about okay. it the first time. The first time, uh, we actually capped the cases that we were doing. Um, uh-huh. and, and that was in part because we didn't want to sell hundreds and hundreds of cases and take up all the time that Knock had. Um, this time... Because it, we didn't need to worry about that so much, we didn't cap. We haven't put a cap on the notebooks, so it's likely, especially looking at where the campaign is right now, that we'll make a little bit more money than we did last time. Maybe not a lot more, but but a little bit more. Um, and what we're going to do is, if we do make a little bit more money, we're going to find ways to spend that money, which relate to the show and and the audience. So, like last time, we had a little bit of extra money which we split up, we bought pens and gave them away to backers. Like we did get back <laughs> giveaways and stuff like that. It's just, this, is not, this is not a money-making endeavor. This is to facilitate me going to Atlanta and us recording a show together. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should talk about this more. Like, why? Why, <laughs> why, <Yeah. laughs> uh, why is yeah. it not a money-making thing? Because... Uh, the show itself is right. Like yeah. you have sponsors, have sponsors. and, uh, it's part of a business. I mean, it's part of two businesses probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What, what is the thinking behind that? So the first one, um, I think in the first, the first instance, we were a little bit more hat in hand, um, in the idea of it being that, we really want to make this happen, and the only way we can do this is if you help us. And that really kind of was the scenario. Like, I couldn't have afforded that trip, and mm-hmm. we really wanted to make it happen. So the only way that could have happened last year was if we were able to have our audience basically pay for the trip. Um, and that was what happened, right? This time, I could afford it. Like, if we didn't make the goal um, and I really wanted to go, I could have found a way to make it happen. We wouldn't have done the video show. We wouldn't have done any of that. But I would have gone out because I enjoyed myself so much. Yeah, but you – but that's kind of a false thing because, like, it's not in the budget, though, of the show or your respective companies to do this, though, right? Like, it's a a money-losing thing, right? So – you can't afford it, right? It's not in the budget. It doesn't make sense for the business. So I don't know if that really changes the... I don't know if it actually really changes the situation very much. I mean, it's easier to think about it if you like literally didn't have the money before and now you literally do have the money, but it's still not in the budget, right? It still doesn't make business sense for you to do that. And, you know, your time and all that stuff. So I don't know if that... In my mind, I don't know if that's really... Uh, if that changes anything. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, it really, it wasn't, as you say, it wasn't in the budget that we had, and it wasn't, you know, potentially not in my budget again. Yeah. But I could have made it work if I wanted to. The same way that I go to, like, WWDC or any trip that I take, any conference that I go to, like, it's me going yeah. to XOXO, right? Like, I don't have a Kickstarter to take me to XOXO every year. But it's the same kind of deal, right? They're, they're trips that I want to make. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but you're not pro- you're not producing a consumable product for fans when you go to XOXO. Yeah, but if yeah. we didn't, we we probably wouldn't do the show in the same way. 
like we wouldn't do a video or anything like that and we would just record the episode because we'd be together you know in the same way that when i go to conferences like xoxo i record upgrade with jason in person right like but i, I get i totally get what you're getting at but mm-hmm. but that was kind of like so the original one we were a little bit more like you need to help us and then this time it was kind of just it, i i just didn't really feel like that was the same necessary message because I am in a different situation. Yeah, luckily. it's not the same message, but uh, I feel like, say, for instance, you also, like, with this bundled selling t-shirts, right? And the story was real simple. Like, if you like the show and you want to support it, buy a t-shirt. It, like, helps us make the show. It helps us keep doing this. And so, like, yeah. to me, I think it could have easily been part of this Kickstarter story where maybe there's some other, you know, maybe more expensive or, like, higher profit margin kind of items that are like plainly there to help the show and you just talk about it because to me it all makes sense i mean this happens constantly you know with public radio and all all sorts of stuff so but we can and will do things like that in the future like detach from the kickstarter we will sell t-shirts we will sell stickers like we do but it's and and i have no problem doing that stuff but for me just the way that we set out the original kickstarter in that guys i wanted to try and set out this one in the same way and this feels to me like a community event so Mm -hmm. you know as we said earlier like this is for listeners of the pen addict so i kind of want and and we both feel me and brad that the money that comes from this goes into that community so like some of the extra money that we're getting we're going to be able to help because we're going to have a party and this will help that party that, mm-hmm. we, you know, that we're going to have in Atlanta and this stuff like this is purely existing this Kickstarter right now and you know in its second year who knows what the future will hold for it if we would like to continue doing it it would be great if we could do it this way every time but it really is like a community event that is funded by the community and yeah. so to me there's just something about it like if me and Brad are pocketing like two grand each out of it it feels peculiar like look I'm flying premium economy so I don't have to do that. I could have a regular economy ticket, but I'm able to afford a nicer plane ticket out of the money because we made more than we expected. So it's not yeah. like I'm getting on a boat, right, and, and going out there. And, like, my hotel's paid for out of this. We have, like, food and drink that we paid for out of this. Like, it facilitates yeah, the trip. But yeah. th- the idea of it is not for me and Brad to make money out of it, which is why, you know, people said, why don't you have stretch goals? And we're both just like... We don't. We don't want to do that. I, I don't know. I would try to figure out a way to ask your community uh, in a way that's not. Would you mind if we pocketed two thousand dollars each? But <laughs> the uh, thing is, if we asked, I know what they would say. They would say, say yes. "Let us give. Uh, let us give you more." And but yeah. and I totally get that. But so as for, I said, like this isn't the only thing that we're gonna do. I know, but like it's another way for people to help. I, I, I from my perspective, it's like when I hear. You know, like on Relay, and I've heard some of the hosts like feeling, voicing, feeling weird about like asking for money Mm -hmm. from, you know, listeners and all this stuff. To me, it's like a little bit lunacy because like (laughs) podcasts provide so much entertainment for people, like hours and hours of entertainment, and then they're free, right? And so uh, to me, it's just like a little bit, it it feels, um, it feels like, naive or something to just like pretend that 
no one needs to get paid for this stuff, right? And so, um, yeah, but we do get. I don't paid. know. I th- no, I know you get paid, but I think there's just something like I feel this, and this is like a bigger discussion. But every time we go to XOXO, there seems to be this kind of overwhelming uh, feeling in the air that like. Uh, for creators and stuff to get paid, it's like awkward to talk about it and it's awkward to talk about money and like being compensated and stuff. And I think that also can bleed over into some parts of the podcasting world because it feels the same way where it's like indie and independent people doing something and it feels like, oh, what they're doing is like fun. So they shouldn't necessarily, you know, get like quote rich on it or something. And so I don't know. I'm just like, in, uh, I think it's a, it's a talk we need to like talk about more. Um, yeah, Mike, how did you feel about Zach Braff's Kickstarter campaign from a couple of years ago? I backed it. So that campaign, I feel received much of the same criticism that you're seem to be concerned about, which is like Zach Braff is ostensibly a millionaire. He can afford to fund this movie himself why is he coming to Kickstarter? And that was like the resounding criticism of that campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you. I backed it as well. And uh, even though the movie was terrible, sadly, uh, you know, I never but, even watched the movie, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Kickstarter is for everyone. Like the, the fact that yes, in his bank account, maybe he could self fund the movie like that is to me, basically irrelevant to whether he should do a Kickstarter campaign or not yeah so like the 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 uh discussion of oh will we have income from other things or oh you know we're gonna sell t-shirts and those will make money um like i i just i don't quite understand it like this to me is a just as legitimate of like an income stream as any other thing you do so the zach breath thing i think is an interesting thing to bring up because what i kind of see it is in that is exactly what we're doing like I have money in my bank account that could pay for me to go to Atlanta. Like I have it. I could afford it. It would be fine. But instead we ask our community to help us in exchange for something. So we're doing that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, Tom, to go back to the XOXO thing, I actually agree with you, but one of the big differences between some of the people that I see in those scenarios and us is, we don't like we're not starving artists like we have advertising the company does very well i do very well from the company like we have we ask people for for memberships if they want to you know if they want to do that and we have merchandise sales and stuff like like we don't shy away from trying to make money but i'm just conscious of trying not to ask for too much at like too often and this Kickstarter is coming at a time where, like, in the past two months, uh, two or three months, we've asked Pen Addict... So my thing is we asked Pen Addict listeners to become Relay FM members. Then Brad asked Pen Addict listeners to become Pen Addict members. And then we're saying to them, can you also give us money so I can have a fun time in Atlanta and we can record a nice show for you. So, like, we, mm-hmm. we do ask people for money, but I just don't want to... I just feel like I don't want to ask for too much at one time. And because we will do t-shirts and we will do other type of merchandise later on, but like this this Kickstarter exists to in my eyes and in mine and Brad's eyes to fund a specific thing. And any money that's made over that, I feel and we feel should go into making that thing 
better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can totally understand the uh, the fatigue that you're trying to avoid yeah. uh, uh, fans feeling. Um, that totally makes sense to me. So, but what would happen if uh, this campaign blew up and you had uh, like a hundred thousand dollars raised at this point? I have no idea what we would do. <laughs> Gen- like, because we we don't consider it. Like, we have considered that we're going to make more money than we did last time. And if that's the case, we're going to find some other stuff to spend the money on. But we don't really know what that is yet because we don't know where the money's going to gonna fall. Uh, but we'll find, we'll find something to do with it. But yeah, if we made $100,000, like, I have no idea what we would do. Would you feel an obligation to, you know, like buy $100,000 worth of pens to give to... Uh you know, backers or would you feel comfortable, you know, considering that income more or less? I think if we made that, if we made a substantially, if we made a substantially large amount over, I think we would probably do a poll or something at the backers that, that would feel fair to me to be like, what do you guys think we should do with this money? Like, I feel that in a way, whilst it, kind of isn't my feeling on this campaign is it is like a democratic process like because because it's part of this community and the pen community that we are a part of is very different to the other types of communities that i'm involved in or you know that i know people that are involved in and it's very um it's completely friendly and it is a lovely community to be a part of and everybody tries their best to be kind of good community members. So like mm-hmm. with, with this community, I would feel like I would, would want to, and would maybe feel a little bit obligated to get their input on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because as well, yeah. if we upset everyone, it kind of defeats the purpose for why we did it in the first place. You know? Yeah. 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 One one interesting thing I've noticed about Kickstarter in the campaigns that I've backed at least is there's kind of this crazy, almost counterintuitive thing that happens where the more money a, a campaign raises, the more it feels like a community. Like there's something, if it just like blows past its goal, it's just so exciting and exhilarating that... I feel like people are just more excited about it. So uh, I've never been, actually, I shouldn't say never. I, I'd have to go through and look through all the campaigns I've backed, but I don't think I've been a part of a campaign that was like super overfunded and uh, people were like angry about that or yeah. like, <laughs> or, or felt that like the, uh, the uh, creators were being greedy for like not capping it or, or anything like that. Um, so it's, it's almost entirely just like positive goodwill, you know, flowing. I think the campaign that I've been, uh, I've backed that went the craziest was Brad's original campaign for knock. They, their mm-hmm. goal was $5,000 and they made 78,000. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was, I mean, and obviously I had a tie to it, but that was exhilarating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone that was a part of it, who was a part of like the first amount that got them to 5,000, right? So that was the, the pan addict community. 
everyone was going crazy about it. Everyone was so excited. Um, and then it, it blew up, like it went bigger and then it, it seeped out into places that, you know, weren't part of the community, which is why it ended up with 2000 people backing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was like this crazy thing that everybody loved. And it was, you know, it was exhilarating. So like, I can totally get that. Like, and then it becomes its own little thing and then it grows and becomes like this whole community of its own. I agree but maybe that. that's the way to think about, I mean, uh, Maybe that's the way to think about uh, this, you know, sorts of campaign where, you know, maybe you leave open the possibility for it to blow up because what that means is there can be more possibilities in the future, right? So, like, yeah. you could do rich and exciting things for the community. And I feel like the community would entrust you with that money. So, you know, like, say the extra money it doesn't go in your pockets. It goes into the, like you know, kind of company coffers, quote unquote, of the pin addict show, however that would work, right? So, you know, it, it, all it does is it kind of gives you more resources to make the show and the community better, right? And so I and I feel like a lot of your, uh, you know, community would like entrust you with that responsibility, right? They'd be like, yeah, they're going to do a good job and make it better, right? And so I feel like that's maybe a way to think about the sort of campaign where it's a possibility for you to you know go to the next level or do something really different just because um more money comes in right and so i don't know i think that's just one way to think about uh this just like i'm sure with knock where i'm sure they kind of changed their approach and what they could do because of it you know it hit really well yeah i mean let's say that one thing that we have done differently this time is there is no there is no cap on how Mm -hmm. much money we can make i mean there wasn't there wasn't like a strict cap so we had the two tiers last time and we had cases for like $35 and we had 300 of those to sell and then you could also give $10 and get the video and the video was uncapped because that would have been insane to do that yeah. it wouldn't have made any sense <laughs> uh, so we were able to go above right and that was how we ended up going above like this time there is no cap but there's other things that we did that maybe I mean I would like to do differently so like we had to have this ready by the time we had it ready to make sure we could hit all of the dates that we needed. Um, And we kind of weren't ready. So the page and the video are really rough and a little bit rougher than I would like. So maybe next time we do something different there and that might help it grow a little bit more. And, you know, I I don't, I don't know. I, I think it would be nice if every year we made a little bit more money. So then every year we can do what we did last year, plus something else that's awesome. Um, yeah. but outside of that, like I, I don't want, I don't really necessarily want next year for us to double what we make because then, because <laughs> then we have to sit down and work out what we're going to do with our money. And <laughs> but, the, but that's good. <laughs> I, mean, that's good. I know, that's but fun. so this is the thing. You can right? do so it over a year, you know. Let's say, it's... let's say we decided that we wanted to do another show right so let's say we decided we wanted to do this for connected and we wanted to fly me and federico into memphis or something i don't know if i would have the same feeling about that campaign as i do about this one and it's and it's purely because of the difference in the communities so like the the, the pan addict community is is as i said it's it's very different and and it has a completely different feel to it and it is a kind of a community that is based a lot on the people and and yes yeah, so, and we're kind of like 
quite high up in that community, right? It's not it's not large, really. Um, so and like you know, we are the Pen Podcast, like, and and Brad is Brad is the John Gruber of pens, right? Like mm-hmm. his site is the biggest site. So there's kind of a lot of eyes on us as well, and 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 I and it's really important to us that we maintain the way that people think about us. I think. Uh, yeah. And maybe if we did this for something else, it it might be slightly different because our positioning might be different or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. It may totally it totally makes sense. Uh, I think I just think Dan and I are both responding to the aversion to profit kind of thing. Yeah, um, I mean, but and I understand. We, like I'm a businessman, yeah. right? And <laughs> I'm a businessman, not a businessman. I, I do things to have our to make our business make more money. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the the overall business. Like I understand all of that. Like and and I know that it sounds kind of crazy, but it's just this one little thing where we're kind of doing this like real casual, real kind of raw community based thing. Which I mean, I wouldn't be surprised and, and I think it's why like we always get a really great reaction from Kickstarter, the company, uh for for the for these campaigns. Like we did last year and we did this time, like they gave us this little project we love badge this time around. <laughs> and I think it's because what we're doing is like really maybe in that sp- the Kickstarter's original spirit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed mm-hmm. to being like, I have an idea for an invention. Will you give me some money and, and we make yeah. it? You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's because it's, this is a community event with a community around it you know we have a modest amount of money we're looking to make and and we you know we're not really gonna be giving people tons of things and missing missing goals and going bust like none of that is a problem it's a perfect fit yeah so uh if you do this again which i'm guessing you will you would totally go back to kickstarter right like it there wouldn't be a point where you'd be like oh we're too big it's not worth it you know whatever and this is the mechanism yeah. for me like this yeah. is just how we make this happen it's kickstarter is its own marketing platform so you know it's part of the way you can get things out there like they have a whole system built around like how this stuff works and plus the pen community really gets kickstarter because we yeah. all buy pens on kickstarter yeah mm. so, like yeah. it just makes sense for us to do it this way we, we didn't need to do it this way this time we could just set up a page on oh, our yeah. website with a stripe form and just have people give us money um yeah. Because, you know, we have all of that stuff built into our system already because of the membership things that we do. Uh, yeah. But we decided that this is how this is how it makes sense. And I expect, you know, I expect that when we have any decision, we haven't even spoke about it, but we'll probably do this like this every year because yeah. it feels like it's just going to become a thing now. Like in January, people will expect us to have a Kickstarter so they can get the video because they loved last year's video get whatever perk they can get because they love last year's perk and help support the show. And that's kind of another part for me of the reason why I think it's important for us to be good stewards with the money um, because we want to show that it's responsible and that we are doing this in the right way, you know, and that we kind of, we keep it rolling that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, uh, you just describing, you know, an alternative of, uh, 
you know, doing it on your website and just having a little Stripe thing and asking people to give money. You can just, just describing that, you can see how that would feel just so much different than this Kickstarter campaign. It would basically kill any, uh, community aspects by doing it that way. And, uh, and it actually would, I think, start to feel, start to enforce some of your fears of like, oh, we, we could afford this, but we just kind of want some money to, you know, make it easier or whatever. So yeah, it, it totally changes it, doesn't it? Like it com- just completely yeah. changes the feel of what you're trying to do. Yeah. Which is uh, really a testament to Kickstarter's branding, I think, yeah. you know, I mean, because the only difference is like, there's a comment form <laughs> you know what i mean it's like, like even if really we showed different. how many people backed it we showed the amount of money we made like if we if we like yeah. recreated it it's still people would still feel yeah. weird about it yeah because yeah. you sure. know i see this and i feel this way and like when i see somebody go to like a completely different crowdfunding platform and i'm like why yeah. are you doing this like yeah it's usually because of uh bad reasons <laughs> it's almost never a good reason <laughs> unless it's a charity yeah yeah like so charities use indiegogo because kickstarter don't really have yeah they don't really deal with charities do they yeah they mm-hmm. as a policy they don't yeah yeah so like that's the only time like if i know a charity like you know, app camp for girls for example they use indiegogo mm-hmm. and that's like the only time that i look at an indiegogo campaign and i'm like okay that makes sense why are you doing this yeah. Like, if, you know, I've seen, you see, like, uh, Double Fine Studios, they did a, they used this new system recently where you could invest or back. And I'm like, why are you doing this? You know, like, yeah. I was like raising my eyebrows. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, this is some weird system. Do, when mm. you guys uh, put things up for sale directly, do you feel any different about it? You mean like launching with, like, not on Kickstarter? Yeah. Like when you did the remote stand. Uh, well, it's um, one. It is really nice that it is d- like direct, like you know, it ships the next day, right, or like real soon. So that's really nice. But I, there is definitely a hole missing in the kind of spirit and the kind of launchiness of the whole thing, um, for sure. Like, there's something about a Kickstarter where it feels like. Well, I think it's plainly because there's a goal, right? We don't say when we like start selling the remote stand, we have a goal to make $10,000, you know, <laughs> just to make it, right? So, um, I th- and, you know, that's like kind of very similar to what you're talking about where, you know, on Kickstarter, we, we want to go to Kickstarter when we actually have a need, when we really have a need kind of, right? Uh, and, you know, of course, right, we do sometimes could do it without Kickstarter, but it's really would be a huge risk. So, you know, kind of the same stuff we've we've talked about, but uh, so yeah, I, I, for me at least, there's a pretty huge difference. Um, but there are some real upsides to just launching things directly. Like the next cup, like three products we're launching, uh, it's really kind of two uh, a set of products and then one we're, are both going to be not on Kickstarter. So, um, and like, why are like why are we doing that, Dan? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've been thinking of that. Uh, <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> um, I think there's there's kind of a few reasons. Um, and I'll, I'll try to dance around them a little without revealing too much about the products. But um, I think for us, doing product design on Kickstarter, there are two really compelling reasons for us to use Kickstarter. One is if it has an extraordinary upfront 
manufacturing costs. So like Obi was a good example of that where it legitimately was going to cost at least a hundred thousand dollars to get it rolling. So that's, we had to ask for around that much. Um, so yes, I guess there's maybe a reality where we could scrape that money together somehow and do bank loans and stuff. But that, that in the age of Kickstarter, that's a ridiculous option. Uh, so that's one reason. The other reason I think is I think Kickstarter serves products well that are kind of novel or new in some way. Um, because it's easy to kind of tie a story around that. And, you know, we're trying to do this new thing and we're kind of, we're using, uh, Kickstarter as an idea validator because this is new. We don't know if it's, um, tested or not. So if we were making like an iPhone case, for example, just like one that we thought was neat, uh, that might be a little bit of a weird Kickstarter because there's nothing necessarily novel about that. It's just like our interpretation of it. Um, so that's maybe why Kickstarter wouldn't work well for that type of thing, but that's not really a rock solid reason. Just kind of like a hunch I have. I don't know. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, it's, uh, part of me thinks we should just do Kickstarter for one of them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky. I mean, like we could theoretically have these products like for sale in a couple months. And so it feels like, uh, it feels like almost like a hoodwink or something. It's like, like why would we even need to do Kickstarter if we can just kind of do it in a couple of months anyways? But on the other hand, um, there's there's some real advantages to being a customer of, of this like upcoming product on Kickstarter, right? Because there's a like you said, it feels different. It feels like a communal thing, and Dan and I would be way more likely to like make like meta content about making the product right like videos or other sorts of kind of up kickstarter update kind of content so um i don't know so it's a it's a weird question it's yeah it's tricky. So on, on the flip side though uh i think there are some pretty real advantages of doing not kickstarter and just launching it straight to our website um the, the main ones i can think of are uh, I do think it is really nice to just it be a surprise kind of. It's like it's like the Apple method of releasing products where, well, not anymore with all the supply chain leaks and stuff. But uh, <laughs> the idea is, you know, it's a complete secrecy. And then, bam, one day this thing exists and you can buy it now. And there's something really compelling about that. Um, and somewhat connected to that, I think these days... Uh, it's easier to get press for existing things yeah. than Kickstarter campaigns. Oh yeah. Which used to be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of flipped a little bit to where I think there might be a little bit of Kickstarter fatigue. Um, and so just having it be like, Hey, this exists. You can link to it and people can buy it, uh, is maybe more compelling for the press side. Um, so that's, you know, something to balance. I have just have one question. When you, Mike, were talking about, you know, possibly doing this for Connected or other Relay FM shows, to me, that would be really nice and exciting, I think. Um, I think it could be really cool to, and maybe you already do this, but brainstorm some ideas about kind of, you know, events or special things you could do um, as a show. Because I feel like, you know, as like a podcast listener, 
it could be really, really fun. Um, so, for instance, you know, I, I don't know how this would work, but like, say for Connected, you guys went uh, and visited like Apple, right? And like had a tour of the new campus, right? I mean, not that that's necessarily an option, but let's say that was, right? I feel like doing some like live recording of that or like having that be part of a show would be really cool. And I feel like as a listener, if you were saying, hey, just like give us like five bucks to make this episode possible, I'd be like, yeah, sure. That'd be really cool to kind of have that treat. So I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of really fertile ground um, in this kind of model to do some interesting stuff related to an already existing podcast. I mean, how much do you guys think about that? And is it exciting or? We think about it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like you've been thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> cool. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production of Relay FM and Studio Neat. If you'd like to find links and information about this week's episode, head on over to relay.fm slash tc slash nine. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time.